Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Lots of texts coming in with Kenny LaCousta's appearance on today's edition of Oilers Now. Uh, this text comes to us from Craig. He says, Bob, I was in the fourth row of the first of Witt versus LaCousta fight. It was one of the most entertaining fights I ever saw. Scotty Olson was on the undercard. Speaking of undercards, uh, Kenny LaCousta's joined us in studio. He is our Oilers Now headliner again for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. You your fight with Morrison was actually at the Mirage, and it was on the undercard. Who, who, who was the main event that night? Well, the, the main event that night was uh, Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard, the third fight. So okay. that, that was the Nomas fight. Okay. But uh, we had, uh, I'll, I'll never forget the fight because we had, I, uh, me and Morrison both had these big trailers we were in, and, and of course Duran and Leonard have a big trailer they're in. So the TV quick come in, they says, you know, you can you got to be in the ring in five minutes. You, we got to have you outside. So I was all gloved up and I had had a real nice red with a big white maple leaf on the, on my left side of my uh, chest. And as I went outside, uh, we we got outside and I was out there with my my brother Barry who was helping me in my corner. And all of a sudden we look about ten meters away to the right and there's Steve Wynn and Donald Trump. And uh, my brother walks right over to Donald Trump. Donald Trump takes a couple steps towards him and my brother says puts his hand out and they shake hands and Donald Trump says, can your guy fight? And he says, oh yeah, my guy can fight. Oh, good. So as we now we go into the ring, they take us this about two block walk to the ring. There's 18,000 people live. So we're walking into the ring and now about a, just going up the stairs. Like I said, I got the nice red robe on and there's Sylvester Stallone, Chevy Chase and Clint Eastwood all just like with him now two feet of me and Stallone says, oh, Tommy's going to eat this guy up. And my brother looks at Stallone and says, you want to put some money on that, Jack? And him and Stallone talked the whole fight. I ended up losing the decision, but he dropped me pretty hard in the third round. I, he did he not knock you down twice? Well, yeah, he did, and I didn't even remember the first knockdown. I said to my brother, we kind of disputed about it after. I says, well, he just knocked me down the one time. No, he knocked you down the first round, too. I said, just, I can't remember that one, but he was a very hard puncher. But when he knocked me down the third round, he was the only one in all my 52 fights that ever knocked me out cold. Because when I was laying on the ground, I just remember Mills laying saying, four. And I looked up and I could see 18,000. All I could see is heads. So I jumped over outside and I jumped up. I got up at six. He wiped my gloves. He said, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. And he, Morrison come after me like a truck, just chased me around the ring. And I was wiggling and moving. And I made it past the third round. And my brother Barry came into the corner and he says, hey. You can't move back with this guy. He's going to knock you out. You've got to move forward. So faint him and start throwing some one-two. So started the fourth round. I come out. I fainted him. I threw it and hit him. And it was just a glass of sweat flew off his... I caught him with a good right hand and got a bit of respect from him. So I started backing him up. And I ended up losing the decision. I, I Somehow I made it. But I was the first one to go the distance with him. He knocked everybody else. He was 24-0 with 24 knockouts. Yeah, Tommy Morrison, of course. Uh, and that was... He was Stallone's guy, right? They made the movie together. What was it? Rocky Five, I think, was that? Yeah. And he was Tommy Gunn. He, he, he had a big uh, entourage as well, didn't he? Like he oh, was, yeah. He was a conf. Is, was it suffice to say he was a confident fellow? Oh yeah, he was a confident guy, and, and he was a lot bigger than me. He was a very. He's like at least a fifty-inch chest, he, and all muscle, just ripped. And he had a huge left hook like Joe Fraser. He really worked on his left hook, and he could really throw that thing. Yeah, and a little bit of co- 
confident slash cocky? Like, oh yeah, he was a he little cocky. Like he had a lot of women around him. Oh <laughs> yeah, all the women were chasing him. And I remember after the fight, I just finished the fight and I was going back to my room at the Mirage, going through all the 18,000. And all of a sudden I felt this big hand on my shoulder. I turned on there, Jerry Cooney. He says, wow, what a fight. He says, you two guys really hated each other. And I said, well, trying to get him. He said, a lot of low blows there. I said, yeah. yeah. You know, it was, yeah. a, it was a rough fight. Yeah, we're joined by uh, Kenny Kulakusti. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line 780-496-0063. It was confusing because you fought Tony Morrison a couple times, then you fought Tommy Morrison, then Northlands Agricom in 1990. You fight George. Yeah, George. Uh, George was a tough. George was a tough fight because he it mentally really goes on your confidence. Because like you said, Bob, uh, he's a guy that everybody looked at as a destroyer. He won a gold medal at the Olympics. He knocks everybody out. Uh, you know, the only guy that was able to get him was uh, Muhammad Ali, and you know what he did? The rope a dope. I mean, right. he had to do something. Was he your favorite boxer growing up? Like, did you have an idol, like a boxing idol back in the day? Yeah, I really liked Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali and Sugar Bay Leonard and Rocky Marciano. Those yeah. three, I, I, I went to Rocky. I was lucky. I was training him in Miami, and he invited me every year when I was down there for two years to Rocky Marciano has a party where all the people that know him show him films of him fighting and all he did. And he's he's buried down there, too, so it was pretty nice. It was a plane crash, right? That's what yeah, I... it was a plane crash. The, one of the New York writers said the only thing that could keep him down for a pl- uh, 10 seconds was a plane crash. Yeah, he was undefeated heavyweight champ. So yeah, he was one, undefeated. Four, I believe 49 and 0. We're joined right now by uh, Kenny Lacusta, Bob Stock. For Brendan Escott with you on Oilers now. So you sparred with Mike Tyson? Yeah. Where, where, was this in Japan? Yeah, this was in Tokyo, Japan in 1988. I'll never forget it. A, a big matchmaker, one of the biggest in the world, Johnny Boss from New York. Johnny phones me, says, Kenny, listen, you don't have to say yes or no, but if you want to go spar with Mike Tyson, I'll let, you'll be making lots of money, and you can spar with Mike over in Tokyo. And I says, I don't need no time. I'm, I'm there. Just give me the ticket, and I'll go. So Now, was this before he fought Buster Douglas? Yeah, this was the fight before. This was against a guy that's never been stopped before, Tony Tubbs. Okay. Tony Tubbs was the world amateur champ, very big black fighter from L.A. So we went over to Tokyo, and I, I remember I first got to Tokyo, and there's all these sparring partners. Uh, Tim Witherspoon was sparring with him. There was Oliver McCall, who knocks out Lennox Lewis. Yeah. They're all mainline guys sparring with Mike. Mike here is 20 years old. He's the world champion, and... I, I get there to the, we go in this big bus to the gym and we get to, there's all these billionaires around that want to watch us spar with, watch the sparring. So all of a sudden, no one's even talking to me. I'm the only white guy there. And, and all of a right. sudden, Kevin Rooney comes up to me and says, Kenny, you don't have to worry about sparring today. You probably got jet lag. So I'm getting paid big money. I'm staying at the nicest hotel in Tokyo. All of a sudden, next day. Well, that was Rooney, not the guy that, when he did, did he leave Tyson and Tyson was never the same. Is that what happened? Yeah, that he he left he left Mike uh, after uh, after a couple of fights. Well, not a couple. He was with him for a number with, of years. Casamato, because right. he was with Casamato as well. But he left him uh, after they they broke away. But but uh, I'll never forget uh, when when with with Mike Tyson when you're in Tokyo and they said the second day yo you take a rest again. You don't have to worry about sparring. So all of a sudden I'm thinking wow. Always, and no, none of the. Bill- oh, sorry, what are you? What were you making to spar? Like, well, we, we, I was staying in the nicest hotel in Tokyo. We're getting three hundred and fifty dollars US a day for food. Uh, Brian Mulroney was staying in the same hotel I was in. I seen him go by with the. He was the prime minister. Yeah, at the he time. was the prime minister of Canada. Ben Johnson was staying in the same hotel, and uh, uh, we were getting two thousand US a week and a ten thousand US bonus if we stay the five weeks, which I did. 
And it was, it was just good. We played it. We had a poker games with Mike. We had we had all the other sparring partners. We all played poker every once in a while. And he was just a decent guy? He was a great guy. He was a, and even now, when I see him today, he always takes time to come over and chat and talk. And you got to tell a story. You had a bunch of people with you, and they were oh, yeah. they were juicing you. Ah, he doesn't remember you. He wouldn't know you. Yeah, we went with the guys from KO Boxing. Glenn Carrier uh, said, Kenny, you should do a junket to Vegas this, for the uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Donnie Lalonde fight. If you want to junket. When so, was this? Like in the this 90s? Is 1989, just okay. before 90, So I said, sure. So we went down with about 40 business people. Like, you do the hockey junkets. Right, with the boxing now. Yeah, with sure. yeah. now. So we get down there, and we all had breakfast with Ken Lacoustin, and we had all this different stuff. And every once in a while, the these guys were all guys got money. They all own companies here in the city. They would, a couple of them would juice me, say, oh, Kenny, too bad you weren't at Caesars last night. You could introduce, Mike was there. You could introduce us. And they had their tongue-in-cheek. And I said, yeah, well, who knows? So after the fight's over, we took four buses to go back to the airport, and Eight, eight of the business guys come with me and Murray Gregg from the Edmonton Sun. Sure, yeah. So we get we get to the airport now and who walks by? Mike Tyson with three mulatto girls and Don King and Mike sees me and he walks right over and starts talking. I says, I says, Mike, you got to introduce you to the guys from Edmonton. So he took the time, he shook every one of their hands and then up the elevator went, he turns around, he gives us the fist like this and all the guys were so impressed. Now, so you were sparring with him when he was in his absolute prime. Was he just... I mean, in terms of his technical abilities and the veracity, was he was he the best you went in the ring with? Yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't go out at night. He wouldn't he would not leave the place. He would go upstairs. He had a big penthouse suite. He would just stay up there. He uh, Madonna, uh, Rolling Stones were playing at the Egg there at the Big Egg. It's called the Big Egg. And they, any of you guys want to go to the sparring? I said I don't want to go to no concerts. So I just I just want to get my sleep and get ready for sparring because it was very rough. How long would you spar for? Well, we was, there, he would spar with three or four different guys, all of us, and he'd go three rounds each. And if anybody out there wants to watch the sparring, you can still tune in. Just put Ken Lacusta sparring Mike Tyson on your computer, and you'll see you you'll oh, see yeah. about 150 rounds of me and Mike sparring. And I get the Panther Jim. Come on. Yeah, you see. Yeah, you just have to punch my name in and say Ken Lacusta sparring. Mike Tyson, and you'll see a whole bunch. And it's it's rough. No, that's why he pays two thousand a week. You gotta, you gotta. It re, we really go at it. And I, I caught. I think of all the sparring partners, I think I, I caught him with the best shots, better than the other guys. That's why when I see him, he's got always got a lot of respect. We talk back and forth, and yeah. you know, he's pretty cool. How much, how much of, how much of it of confidence and swagger is part of part of boxing, Kenny? Oh, it's a, the confidence. You gotta. It's like hockey. Like you know hockey, you're an expert with hockey, and you know. Some would debate that. <laughs> well, you're you do a great show called Oilers Now, and, and a lot of people love it and they listen to it. I'm I'm one of your listeners yeah. as well. I love it because I'm a hockey. I'm a big Oiler fan. Well, we're gonna get to some of the hockey stuff in a second, but back to confidence. You gotta have it. Oh eh? yeah, you gotta have the confidence. The confidence is the big thing. Whether it's hockey, baseball, whatever you're doing, if you're asking a girl to dance across the street, across the way at a, at a nightclub, you gotta have some confidence. And, and same as boxing, if you're in there and you don't have your confidence, I don't care how talented you are you're not going to do good at all you're not going to look good and you're going to be stiff and you're not you've got to get your confidence going and I, I Anthony Robbins books I read books I did Power of the Mind I did all this on my own because at that time nobody really understood anything there weren't, but, there weren't sports so psychologists I had to, helping I had, boxers yeah, I had to do my own research and it helped me a lot because I, I with George Foreman fight it helped a lot and getting my head straight and all these different Dr. Murray Smith, who was one of the foremost sports guy, psychologists at that time, did some work with the Oilers in the early 80s. You know who else did some work with some of the Oilers in the early 80s? Kenny Lacusta. And we're going to talk about that when we return on Oilers now.
147 in Edmonton. Uh, we will tell you this Dan Oilers history is brought to you all season long by New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. Brendan, there are what today in terms of Oilers history? This has been as quiet a day in Oilers history as there's ever been, right? Yeah, I can't find a birthday. I can't find a trade. I can't find a signing. If you can find one, certainly let me know at Brendan Escott on Twitter. There, there you go. This Dan Oilers history for New West Travel. A reminder, we've got our uh, Nashville trip coming up on the... Uh, 17th of October. Uh, all season long, Contract Equipment uh, will be bringing you uh, unique interviews, and this is one of them. Contract Equipment, Canada's premium heavy equipment dealer with rental and sales. Any uh, crossover? Kenny Lacusta has joined us in studio. Any uh, crossover between uh, boxing and wrestling? Because I, I think we all remember, uh, was it the Rocky Three scene where Sylvester Stallone that's what catapulted Hulk Hogan into stardom was from that movie. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I trained in, in Minneapolis. I trained in Philadelphia and Minneapolis, the place where my trainers were. And uh, in Minneapolis is a big, big place for uh, wrestling. Yeah. So I met uh, Brock Lesnar when he was young before he was so popular, but I met him when he was a young guy. And I did a celebrity uh, hockey game at the Met Center where they used to play hockey for the yeah. Stars, yeah. North Stars. And uh, Jesse Ventura, he's about six foot five, about 270. And uh, he was with the Carlson brothers. Those guys were pretty good athletes. Oh, eh? yeah, yeah. And, and the Carlsons, he, of course, played the Hanson yeah, brothers in the Hanson in that slap shot. And they had a whole bunch of other celebrities there. And it was it was really quite a, a, a fun thing to be at because it, it, all the media was there. And the place was full with people. So a lot of people would come out and watch it. All right. Uh, now, the Panther gym. Uh, you know, I'd hear stories of John Short talking about maybe some of the guys going down there, the Oilers players. Uh, I've had this conversation, I mean, with Louis DeBrus for today's players, because today's players, all, here, we'll, we'll ask the uh, million-dollar question right now. Brendan Escott's, Brendan, are you 30 yet? Or are you, what are you, 28? Yeah, I turned 29 in September. 29 in September. In your growing up from, say, grade 6 to grade, or let's go grade 4 to grade 12. Did you ever have a fight? In school? I can remember, like, maybe two. Okay. I and think, that was pretty early in that tenure. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, it's just a different generational thing. Like, you know, I probably... Now, we moved a lot, so sometimes when you move, we moved all around Edmonton, sometimes you got your ass kicked. That just came with the terror. And often, for me, it was kids that were in grades older than me, and I learned the hard way, right? So it's just, I think, a, a, a different era. And it, it's you, you see it in hockey, like... I would say in the mid-1980s on a major junior team, maybe one or two guys on a team didn't fight. And today in major junior, there's one or two guys on a team that do fight. Uh, you were around. You obviously knew. Uh, you also, did you not work as a doorman at times? Yeah, yeah. Back in the 78, 70, I worked at Lucifer's. I yeah. worked at uh, all, all the different clubs. So, so, so friars, friars. And maybe sometimes you bumped into some of the fellows during the. Did, did you work with any of the Oiler players of the early to mid 1980s? Yeah, I worked a, a bit with Kevin McCullen. And, okay. uh, you know, he's just a great guy. I really liked working with him. He was actually a, a real feisty guy. He wasn't that big, yeah. but he was, a, he was a strong fighter, and he had a lot of guts and a lot of confidence. Kevin Lowe said pound for pound he thinks he was the toughest fighter. Like, I mean, I would say, you know, we have George LaRock on this show yeah. once a week. George was mammoth, right? Like, he was six foot four and 250 pounds at times in his career. And left-handed, right? I don't. No one knows if he had a good chin because I don't think he ever really got caught, you know. But, but if he got 
mad, he could kill you. Like, and plus, he, he he fought real smart. He would get that big old hand out there, so the yeah. guy, and he was very strong. So right. he got strong, and you get the hand out there, so the guys can't get close to you. To, yeah, you get to let to lay down the lumber on them. So you worked with McClellan. What about Messier? Well, I worked with Messi a little bit too, but you know, a, f- a real funny story. I was at a nightclub back in the in the eighties. Is this the story we? Yeah, can tell? Yeah. Okay. yeah, you can tell this one. Legal considerations. Where's where Craig Lupo when I need him? <laughs> no, but this is just a guy being humble, a person being kind, and a person being humble. I was at a nightclub and I uh, on 109th Street, and and we were sitting in there. I was there with my cousin. And we were having. I was just drinking a club soda because I was fighting down east, you know, a couple of weeks. So I was having a club soda. And all of a sudden, I feel on my shoulder, I see, feel this hand, and I look back, and I see a big Stanley Cup ring. And who is it? It's Wayne Gretzky. He comes all the way over from the other side the to same. say hello to me. And I, and I, I still, to this day, I say to myself, you know, what a, what a kind, oh, humble a person. You know, I mean, someone to do that. He was here as one of the most popular hockey players in the world, and he comes over and taps me on my shoulder and I look around and see him and say hello to him and you know I said to him right there I said hey, uh, you didn't have to come over and say I seen you over there I was gonna I was gonna come over I should be coming over saying yeah. hi to you and I just always never never forgot that yeah uh, well it's and not surprised with McClellan like he had if he was left-handed and once guys figured out Okay, he's left-handed. He wasn't big enough and strong enough later on in his career. He lost. What happens with the fighters in hockey is, you know, there's Don Cherry used to say, when rushers become, or when crushers become rushers, they soon become ushers. I just think there comes a point in their career where they're they're less uh, inclined. Early in their career, they want to establish themselves. They're less so late in their career. Is that what happens to boxers? Well, that that happens to boxers too, but, you know, speaking of Kevin McCullen, you know, there's another guy, a very kind, but a very... He meant all business when he was on the ice there. So he and he gives me a couple tickets. So me, me and my wife went to the game uh, yeah. at, at Northlands Coliseum, and all of a sudden they did the warm up, and so I wasn't in my seat. Yet. I just got there before, and me and the wife sat down. This is the kind of guy he is. So all of a sudden he comes on the ice now, and he looks around. He looks where the seats were, and he waves to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, see. It's a respect thing, and it was so kind of him to do that. I, I thought more of that than a lot of things that happened in my life. Here's a guy that really respects you working with him, that he comes out on the ice when the Oilers are about to play and looks to see where the seats were, and he sees me there, and he waves. Like, I really I really thought that was... So funny. where's Poplinski so he could go, or Paul Baxter so he could go work him over? Kenny, it's been great having you, and you got a lot of fans. There's been a lot of positive feedback on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We'll do this again uh, down the road. I'd like to do this once each summer. Best don't What's the, what's the magazine called? Or the uh, Masters of Boxing. It's, it's an American magazine, and uh, we're just finalizing the stuff, so I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you for coming in the studio and sharing some of your stories with us. Anytime, Bob. Thank Our, you very much. You bet. It is 154 in Edmonton. Uh, Brendan Reed Wilkins has got Inside Sports tonight, and what's going on? Okay, I do have what's going on. Uh, you will actually hear from uh, the voice of uh, CFL and TSN, Dustin Nielsen, wow. former Edmonton football team defensive end and uh, Great Cup champion in 2015, Odell Willis, and an episode of Elks This Week, guest host by uh, Dave Campbell. Uh, we will tell you daily face-offs, Frank Saravalli, brought to you by the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. He will join us. A reminder, you can now catch live standard bread racing every Sunday afternoon at Track on 2 in Lacombe. Post time is at 2.15. Of course, uh, Century Miles got live thoroughbred Friday and Saturdays as well. And we'll have the Athletics, Dom Lucician, 
who says the Edmonton Oilers are one of the teams that's improved the most. Has it been addition by subtraction? Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Evan Cook, followed by Rob Brickenridge from 2 to 3, and then Chelsea on chat from 3 to 6. Back at you tomorrow. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now.